Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone once again by my amazing co-host, Kyle Vardy. Kyle, man, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Ready to talk some sports and uh, everything going on. So, Yeah. Well, we don't have a whole lot going on here because, you know, we're yeah. kind of still locked down. But sure. the sporting world is full of great stories. And, I mean, come on, we could talk the Australian Open uh, finals are this weekend. We'll talk Ash Barty winning. That's awesome. Congratulations to her. She did that this morning. Uh, We're going to talk a little NHL, all the huge hits that have happened this week. Some of them legal, some of them not. Vander Kane re-signed. We can't forget the NFL playoffs are going on. Oh, my goodness. There's so much to talk about, dude. We got a lot to talk about. Sure. Um, let's just, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Yep. We, we could spit here and just go, but no, let's, let's get right into it with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to take your special team's game to the next level. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And Kyle, we are going to start where we usually don't start. We usually finish with this, but we are starting with soccer because World Cup qualifying is going on, not to mention after. Uh, the African Cup of Nations is also happening. Uh, yep. There's some great soccer happening there. There's a lot of mess going on there as well. Um, if you want some entertainment, go look up some of the stories coming out of AFCON. Mm-hmm. But let's start with Canada World Cup qualifying. And what a win Thursday night in Honduras. Exercising some demons going down. To Honduras, winning two nothing. What does this win mean for Canada? Not just for qualifying for this year, but in general, how big of a win is this for Canada? I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's it truly shows how far the Canadian program has truly come. I mean, uh, I think they said they hadn't won since I can't remember how many 85. years it was in Honduras. 85 the last so the last game that we won in honduras i was going to get into this later but the last game we won in honduras was the game that clinched our only qualifying into a world cup yeah so i mean it definitely maybe it's a foreshadowing of what's to come who knows um i mean the way they're playing right now um i would say they are kind of the team to beat in that in the Concacaf. to be honest i mean mexico has looked good but they kind of faltered. They almost lost against Jamaica, who had a red card. Like uh, the U.S. obviously is there always, but they haven't looked like the same powerhouse they they had beforehand. So I mean, Canada's kind of caught up, and they've they've looked well. So uh, it's a huge win, especially on the road too. It's a huge win. They they didn't have the possession that they normally do, or whatever like that. Honduras definitely had majority of possession, 
but that's because they were trying to fight back because Canada got that early, that early goal. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge one, and they did it without arguably their best player. I mean, you you could definitely say Davies 100% is the best player, but I would honestly argue Jonathan David is very close second place. So, um, so it, it's it's interesting, and I mean, with without Boreon as well, it, it might have been a different story in that game. So, man, those two saves in the second half were ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you like my tweet? Oh, yeah. No, they were insane. <laughs> Shit. Oh, bow down to Mr. Borean. Oh, my goodness. That was incredible. Like, yeah. you don't see saves like that. No, not very often, at least. You, you maybe see one in a game. He made two just mm-hmm. incredible saves that not only kept Canada ahead, but secured the win. Because after the first one, what happened? Well, it was the Jonathan David second goal. Two minutes after. Yeah. There was a couple more scrambles. They got the ball out. And then David did that. By the way, incredible goal. And it yeah. it won't be over overshadowed. But, like, without Borean, doesn't happen. Doesn't I'm happen. Sure. To be honest, I thought David was offside when he did that. But, like, it was he like, was oh, in his crap. own half. Yeah. When the ball was played, he was in, an, in his own half. So you can't be offside in your own half. No, I know. That's why I was like, I was like, holy crap. He just like literally just ran past the defenders. <laughs> I know. It, it looked, I agree with you because I think I said the same thing. I actually went and watched with my, I went up to my parents' house and I, I watched with them. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's offside because there's no way he's that far ahead. And then I watched yeah. the replay. I'm like, he's in his own half when that ball is played. Oh my goodness. He made up 10 yeah. yards very, very fast. Because that center very, circle's very 10 good. yards uh, radius. That's a fast 10 yards that he just ran. So, but it was just the whole moment. Like, I'm going to wax a little poetic here, Kyle. uh, Yeah. Because this is, you know me, like I've I've been in this soccer system. I know some of the guys on the national team. What this is, is more than just a single great victory. And it is a great victory, right? Right. What this qualifying is, everything that is happening right now, is monumental. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that we have the talent for years. For, and I'm talking years. We have the talent. But we kept losing talented players to other countries for nationals, or for international play. Right? Because they had other, other teams that they could play for. That's not the case anymore. We now have the talented players playing for Canada, and it's showing. These kids are incredible. They're playing above what anyone expected this year. Everyone's like, okay, they're going to be in the World Cup in 2026 as a host nation. That's what they're building to. No, John Herdman was not building to that. John Herdman is building to this year, and he is showing that this country these players are showing that this country is more than just a hockey country. They are here to prove a point, and they're doing a damn good job of it. I said the last time they won in Honduras was 85 when they clinched their spot in the World Cup. This almost did it. It didn't fully clinch. I'm not saying that they are in. There is still work to be done, for yeah. sure. But this win might be bigger than a win against the States. Might be bigger than a win against Mexico. Because this win was a demon. We've lost eight 
straight games in Honduras. Eight straight. And this could have derailed everything. A loss against Honduras on Thursday could have derailed everything that they've been working for. But not only did they go down there and show that they are the better squad, and they were. They were the better squad for 75 minutes of that game. You're always going to have a couple minutes here and there where the, where the other team attacks. It happens. We've seen it in soccer forever. But let's say 75 out of 90 minutes, they were by far the better squad. That doesn't happen usually for Canada. Or it didn't happen usually for Canada. Now it's happening. Sure. Now they are going out and proving how good they are. They are 40th ranked in the world. And I think that is going to change drastically before the World Cup. Yep. They now play the U.S. on Sunday at 3 o'clock in Hamilton. Which, yep. by the way, the weather is going to be the great equalizer. So if we're looking team for team here, I think... I do think the U.S. might have a more skill. I do. That's not that's not a slight on Canada skill. I think we are a very skilled squad as well. But I think the Americans have a slight edge in the skill department. But yeah. we have a we have an edge in speed, in my opinion. That's all going to be neutralized. Yeah, that's what happens in weather. Weather is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's skill level is going to drop because the ball is going to be hard. It's going to be taking weird bounces. Changes the game. The speed is going to drop. But if you have more speed, that's where you get those through balls, right? Because you're not going to be able to dribble the ball. But if you play a through ball in and you have more speed, that's a good spot. That game on Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very interesting for sure. going to be a lot of fun. Um, Let's circle back now to the actual qualifying. Um, And this team... They've gone so far. They obviously they were the highest highest gaining team in world in world rankings last year. Right? Yep. They 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 went up the highest amount of spots. How close are they really to being a true contender on the world stage? And I'm not necessarily talking about World Cup like champion contender, but a tough out in the World Cup, a very tough out in Concacaf. If not winner I mean, of Concacaf, I mean, being a very tough out, I think they're there for Concacaf at least. Yeah, um, I, I think I think they're they're one of the, like they're they're that team. Like to me, I don't see Costa Rica being even like close to being where Canada could go. I mean, like Costa Rica and Panama would be the, I guess the closest to like having them be that playoff. But even then, I don't see either one of those teams truly doing it. I mean, Panama had a huge loss against Costa Rica well, yes. on the same day that Canada won, too. So um, that was huge as well. But as for the world stage, I mean, they're they're going to be there, and I think they're going to be fighting. I think they're going to be one of those teams where, if you know, will they win the win the will they win the group? No, I don't think they will. I mean, could it happen? Sure, I wouldn't like at 100%. the World Cup. You mean? I guess it, yes, at the World Cup. Okay, just check. Right? Could they win the group? Sure. Yeah, could they win the group? Maybe we'll see. I don't Depends know. Depends on who their group is. So, yeah, if they, 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 really, if they finish it, it, first in Concacaf, yeah. that puts them in a very, very good spot in the World Cup because well, I think they sure. end up in that top bowl. Yeah, but but in saying that, like they have the team 
that is going to be feisty. It's never going to let like lay down. You're not going to you're not going to roll over this team like for for nothing. It's not going to be any games like that. Like it's going to be very close games. They're going to fight to the end. And to to be honest, that's all you can really ask for on the, on the world stage. You know, I I think they they could add a few more pieces. I think in that in the midfield, um, and, and in that in that back line to truly up their up like their chances and being like that next. Right, great team in the world, but I mean that—that's asking for a lot right now with how this team is playing. The, the team is playing lights out right now. Yeah, you know, and I mean, uh, haven't haven't dropped a game in nine. So that's the big one for me. They haven't lost yeah. in this round. Yeah, like <laughs> that's amazing. That is not what we talk about, Canada. We're the only team that hasn't lost. Yeah, in this round. Like, they they know how to play when they're at when they're at home. They know how to play when they're at home and use that to their advantage. When they're on the road, they're totally okay with playing for the draw, and that's totally okay to do. Well, pre octagon, everyone was saying they needed twenty eight point or twenty four points to qualify. That's what everyone yeah. was predicting, right? Top three, we're going to be twenty four and up. Right. Um, we're at nineteen. With five yeah. games remaining. So you literally need five points. You could draw all of them. That's not ideal. I wouldn't recommend doing that, obviously. Yeah. But this is a team that has gone down to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And drew. Right? Or did we win that game? Yeah. Uh, they, drew, they drew the U.S. They drew the U.S., right? We beat Mexico at home. And we went down to the Azteca. Yeah. A place that... We've never done well in. Yeah. Never. And drew and beat the Mexicans 2-1. Right? That's unheard of. Yeah. And then we came back and (laughs) beat the Mexicans again. It, or sorry, we beat the Mexicans at home two one at Commonwealth. Yeah, we drew. We, we drew in Mexico, which is still crazy. Like we've never picked up yeah. a point at Azteca, I believe, or maybe we not, not to my knowledge. Right? Like these are just things that didn't exist five years ago. This this would we would never have guessed this as good as we thought Jonathan David and uh, Alfonso Davies were going to be. We both predicted that was it. Yeah, I don't know why I stuttered there. Um, happens. I'm honestly shocked at how good this team is. I did not expect it this fast. But you've seen the emergence of the two guys that I just named. But let's let's also talk about Sam Atakugbe and Alistair Johnston, the two wingbacks. Let's talk mm-hmm. about how uh, Tejon Buchanan has become an absolute stud and is now playing in Europe for Club Bruges. Let's yep. let's talk about Ustakio, who didn't even play in the game on Thursday, by the way, because he yeah. tested positive last week and was finally cleared, but hasn't trained all week. Right. Who is now playing for, uh, where, who did he get signed by? Porto? Uh, yes. Yeah. Club Porto. So he's now signed yeah. for Porto. One of the biggest clubs in Europe. Right. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't by chance that these guys are doing so well. No. They, they have earned this spot. 
on the world stage and they're showing that they deserve to be there and it's finally happening all at the same time whereas before we've had one or two players show out like Dwayne De Rosario uh Julian De Guzman um trying to think of other big names that have played right like but there was one or two at at a time there was never there was never a core there was always no. one or two players and the best part about our core is they're all young this isn't a one off they're, they're all at they're the all end like of their careers early, early 20s <laughs> <laughs> they're all younger than you and me yeah that's the scary like i think Ustakio yeah. might be the oldest part of that core he's 25 He's 25, isn't he? Yeah. Like, Laren, depending on how you think of him, he would be the oldest at 27. 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because he is our age. Yeah, well, I, I think I think Laren's a great second option to David. Depends but even, on, it, it depends on the that, game. Even in that, even in that statement, though, Laren has been the better striker sometimes. Yeah, so. it, depends on, it depends on the team that you're playing against. If you need a big yeah. body guy who's just going to hold the ball up and be that target man, you start Laren. Like it's not even it's not even a debate yeah. in my head. If you want yeah. a guy who can hold the ball up but he's better playing on the run and running into the open space, you play David. Like it's it's almost a riches sort of thing. Like how often do you have the two perfect complements to each other? on the same squad like you don't get that very often you can't they can't not, play together that's what i'm learning they cannot play together they are awful together no. yeah but when you know that okay we got a lot of space in behind we want to run all right jonathan david you're in dude but if yeah. you know that these, these guys are quick and small okay well we're gonna throw john uh kyle laren up there and just make him <laughs> make him beat them up just body him in the box <laughs> like you don't get that very often and now we're seeing it and it's it's been fantastic. Like I'm, I'm very happy that we get to watch this happen. So, uh, that'll do it for our, our Canada soccer talk. Don't worry. We will most likely be talking about it next week. Cause there is, there is a chance. Where's that meme? I need that meme to come up beside me. There is a chance that Canada is clinched, has clinched a world cup spot by the end of this window. Technically, yeah, because they'd have 25. Chance. They need to be nine points clear. But there is a chance. Um, so we'll probably be talking about this next week, hopefully with Irfan, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Get get our soccer guy in here. Uh, but that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Kyle, we're going to keep the ball rolling. Yep. And we're going right into the NFL. And I'm going to mm-hmm. start off with a very, very simple question. It's a loaded question, but it's a very simple question for you. Yep. Did we just watch the A, greatest game in NFL playoff history, and B, the greatest weekend in NFL playoff history? Weekend, no. Weekend, no. Day, yes. Saturday games were absolutely atrocious. Um, The Sunday games were fantastic. We can, I can wax poetic all I want, but that divisional round weekend was, if not the best, it was one of the top three weekends of all time. 
just because all eight yep. teams realistically had a shot to play in the conference championship this weekend. And that Bills Chiefs sure. game was probably the best game ever. Yeah, like I, I, I personally cannot think of a better game than that one right there. I mean, it was outstanding. Not from a game perspective. Sometimes there's like games that mean more to us. Like I remember the Rams Titans yeah. Super Bowl vividly because that was the first yeah. Super Bowl that I remember going and watching with my father. Not like at the game, obviously, but like watching it at my uncle's house yeah. with my dad. So that game means a lot to me, but it wasn't a great game. This game was incredible. It had everything. And that's why it'll go down as one mm. of the best of all time. For sure. We looked back. Now it's time to look forward, dude. Got two games this weekend. Yep. Start with the Bengals at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites when I checked yesterday. We're looking at yeah. The Chiefs are seven and a half now. So it is still seven and a half. Good. Yeah, I had it at seven and a half. So we're looking at two of the high-powered offenses going up against each other. But let's be honest. This is really a story. Like the, the story is Burrow versus Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. And can Burrow take that next step to make it a three-headed monster of quarterbacks with him? Mahomes and Allen in the conference. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in that conversation, nor will he be in that conversation. I don't think that's going to be really a, a thing. I think he's ever going to be on that second, second echelon with, uh, with Justin Herbert and that kind of stuff. Cause I don't think either one of those will ever get to that next level. I think it's going to be Mahomes, Allen, and then the second level. I don't think it's a very deep second level, like a very far gap, but I don't think he's there ever going to be on that same level. Um, will the team have just as much uh, as much success? Potentially. But we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I do think this Bengals-Chiefs game is going to be the most interesting game of the of the weekend. Or the, the day, I guess. It's only Sunday. But um, Still the weekend. I think it's going to be super high scoring. I think it's going to be uh, basically a recreation of what the, the game was three weeks ago when the Bengals won it on the, the last second or the last minute drive. Um I think it's going to be another repeat of that. And and I, I personally have the Bengals coming out in this one. Um, I just think that right now they're the hottest team. Um, I, I think that they are they have their struggles right now with scoring in the red zone. That's definitely been apparent. Um, and I think that's going to be – that's going to have to change crazy, if they truly have a chance. Can we just say yeah. how crazy that the fact that they struggle in the red zone is with all of the weapons that they have? Yeah. So it, 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 it's, it's, yeah. uh, it, it, it's nuts because the first two games they've struggled to score touchdowns and, yeah, and I mean, period, they, have, they haven't, they haven't put up the points to blow out teams that they should have been blowing out. They should have blown out the Raiders. They should have blown out the Titans the way the Titans played. Simple as that. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yes. The, the Titans, the Titans got the sacks that definitely didn't help with getting touchdowns. Don't get me wrong. But in saying that, they still should have scored more than one touchdown. They scored one touchdown and four field goals. That's just won't get it done in the AFC championship game. So I think they do change it around because, to be honest, the Chiefs defense isn't going to be the same worry as that Titans front. Well, to Chiefs me, you have one person to worry awful. about. The Chiefs defense, you have one person to worry about, and that's Chris Jones. Yeah. So 
you, you double Chris Jones. You make you make uh, Ingram beat you on the outside, but I don't think Ingram's going to beat you on the outside. Maybe I'll be wrong. Who knows? But I don't think you're wrong. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I won't count out Patty Mahomes, but I mean, if I'm a betting guy, I'm taking the plus points because I don't think this is going to be an eight point game. I don't think it's going to be that, that that big of a spread. No. To me, this comes down to a field goal again, like previous games, even a touchdown, a touchdown, you still cover the plus points. So to me, the, the I, I personally, as I said, I have the Bengals, but I mean, would I be surprised if Mahomes won? No, I wouldn't. I think that's the that's the one thing. Like, you look at the Bengals last week, and they didn't like they didn't wow me on yeah. on the stat line. Like, it just it wasn't anything to write home about. And yet, Joe Burrow still threw for three hundred forty eight yards. Yep. Like it just didn't. It didn't feel like they did a whole lot, but yet they did. So now you're going up against a, let's be honest, a very very awful Chiefs defense. They're not very good. Yeah. I think they pick them apart. Now I also think that Mahomes and the Chiefs offense are going to do some damage against the Bengals defense because they're mm-hmm. they're a middle of the pack defense going up against one of the best offenses in the game. Not, yeah, not exactly ideal, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think they are a very good team. I think that they have the ability to be to to win this game and continue the streak because the Bengals are one of two franchises who have never lost in the conference championship. They're two and zero oh in their two in their two visits to the conference championship. Maybe that streak continues. I, I like the plus money, though, and we'll, we'll get into our predictions later. I do yeah. like the plus, because that's a seven and a half is a nice number. <laughs> the nice number to take the it's plus. A, it's a very big number for being a championship game, which I yeah. don't really understand. But, I mean, who knows? Um, let's go to the other side. 49ers, Rams. Rams, three and a half point favorites. Um. California teams going head to head. And Stafford and the Rams exercise their demons because, man, they've been snake bitten the last couple of years, this team. And I mean, Stafford has been snake bitten since he came into the league because he played for Detroit. And they exercise their demons, Kyle. Yep. I mean, that'll be the ultimate test. I mean, they've lost six straight to the 49ers, which is saying something. So, hard to um, do. In, in, it, it's hard to do because, like, the Niners have been, you know, they've had a lot of middling teams in the past, you know, little little bit. So, um, you know, they've had some good teams, don't get me wrong, but they've also had some some middle-of-the-pack teams, not ones that were Super Bowl favorites by any chance. And the Rams have been Super Bowl favorites for, or Super Bowl contenders at least, for three years, four, four years, five, <laughs> four years now probably. <laughs> um, I mean, they were still Super Bowl contenders when they had Goff too, right? So, um now you got first season of Matty Stafford and see he how that good. goes. He's he's looked good. And, and my biggest thing is, is he going to show up in the big game? This yeah. is the big game. This is it. You know, this will he show up? Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, the last, last game that they played the Niners, it didn't exactly go so well. I mean, he only had like 230 yards passing and two picks. Yep. So, um, I mean, he's thrown two picks against this Niners defense in back-to-back games. So, 
Uh, I mean, that was the regular season. Don't get me wrong. It's different than the playoffs. But, I mean, the Niners seem to have, have their number. I don't know why. Um, so, it, it, this, this will be an interesting game. I mean, on paper, the Rams have the better roster. And I don't think it's really close. Um, I mean, like, I would say San Fran has some, some pieces on defense that, that I would take over some pieces of the Rams, but overall I would say the Rams defense is better. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a close game. And this is what the games that really make things better because it's a divisional rival game in the conference championship. The Rams are trying to pull out all the stops right now by limiting tickets to people that are only in the Los Angeles area and all that kind of crap. Like they're, they're, well, it is because they got embarrassed last time it was in LA because it was 75% Niners fans. So, I mean, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to fill the stadium with Rams fans. Cause I don't think there's that many Rams fans. So, um, it, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see because I think there's going to be like a lot of people that are like, Hey, my buddy in LA purchased me tickets and then give them to me from, and I'm in San Fran. Like it's really not that far. So no, it's the um, thing. Like it's like driving to Montreal. If yeah, that. I don't even think it's that far. I I don't know. I'd have to look it up. To be honest, I'll, but, I'll look it up. You keep um, talking. But it's just one of those, like, this is going to be a very good game. Um, I mean, as we as you said, we'll get into predictions later. But I, I think I think Jimmy G actually shows up this game. Um, last game against San Fran, he threw for 300-plus yards. Um, and he hasn't looked great in the playoffs so far. He's thrown for under 200 yards in back-to-back games. But I think for San Fran to make the Super Bowl, he has to show up and throw the ball. And he's going to have to do it against a really good Rams defense. And, I mean, they've kind of unlocked that little cheat code in Debo Samuel running the ball. Yes. But in saying that, they still are going to have to throw it because the Rams defense is pretty good good against the run. So um, we will see how how that goes. And then the Rams, it all comes down to how Matt Stafford plays, truly. Is really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's played well. And yeah. I, I, yes, has there been a couple that um, that he's messed up? Of course, he's made some bad throws. All quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest quarterbacks yep. of all time leads the NFL in interceptions in Brett Favre. I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm saying one of the greatest quarterbacks. Top 10 of all time, easily. Most most likely top five for a lot of people. He led the NFL in interceptions. It happens. Yeah. But I think the one thing that is really, really interesting is that he hasn't gone out of his way to make those throws this year as much, especially as the season's gone on. At the beginning of the season, yes, he was making bad throws. But as the season's gone on, he's gotten more and more comfortable in this Rams offense, and he doesn't make those throws yeah. as much. And I think that's what's helped them down the stretch. Is it perfect? Yeah. No. But it happens. And he's doing way better than a lot of people expected him to in, their, in his first year. In I, I think everybody had super high expectations for him. But is, um, hold on. Was that super think- high expectations for him or super high expectations for the team? Because that's two different things. I think it was, to be honest, I think it was both. I think it was, I think it was him in the fact that 
He's left Detroit. He's on a legitimate roster. He has an offensive line. He has multiple weapons now. Basically, everybody was talking about Matt Stafford being that guy who was just in a shitty situation, but was a he great was. quarterback. <laughs> he was. And he was. That, that, there's, there's no denying that. But at the same point, it was essentially, hey, you, everybody thinks you're a great quarterback with, in a sh- shitty situation. It's flipped now. You're in a fantastic situation. Go out and prove it to people. And I think he got a little scared to start with, to be honest. Like yeah. he, he started off he started off the year like lights out. And then towards the end of the season, he actually faded a little bit. I mean, he threw um threw eight picks in four games to end the season. So I mean, he's kind of reset when it comes to the playoffs, which it which has been a great, you know, uh fresh uh, breath of fresh air, I guess is what you could say. Um <laughs> In, in, in just trying to like calm everybody down and be like, Hey, yeah, that was the regular season playoffs are a different animal. Didn't have to do a whole lot against Arizona. So, um, Absolutely. I mean, that worked out in his favor that he was rested up against Tampa and, and against Tampa, he showed up, you know, three sixty six, two touchdowns. You can't really ask for a whole lot more from your quarterback. So, <clears throat> so no, I agree with you. This will be a very interesting game. I will say that. Yes, it will. And I think the question is, will Jimmy Garoppolo be able to do enough for the 49ers to make this a close game? Because the Rams' offense is just so much better. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's what I was saying. It was like, I think Jimmy G does show up for this game. I mean, last game he played against them, he threw for 300-plus yards. So he's going to have to do that again for them to win. So, Yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at two really fun games. Um, quickly, Kyle. Yep. I think you already answered this one, but which game are you more looking forward to? Uh, definitely the Bengals Chiefs. I think it's gonna be the the much more high scoring game. I think it's gonna be much more entertaining. I mean, games where defense is optional to me make the NFL a lot more entertaining and better to watch. Okay. So I think that game is definitely going to be a, a much more intriguing game visually like yeah. visual wise i agree um i mean the san fran la game definitely could be a more entertaining game with it being a lot closer and being like uh, it comes down to you know a last, a last second, second defensive stop or something along those lines another last um, second field goal game it could be could be but it to me the more entertaining game will definitely be that Chiefs Bengals game. I, I agree with you. I think that one's going to be the uh, the better of the two games. But I mean, that's why we play the games because we don't know. Now, prediction time, dude. Who do you got? Bengals Chiefs. Also, give the betting the spread if you're going to do that as well. So you said Bengals, right? I uh, I got I got Bengals. I, I took Bengals money line straight up. To be honest, it's almost wow. four odds right now. So um, whatever you take there. Uh, Whatever you want to put on for your units, obviously, do whatever accordingly. It's four times your money. So um, I also have the Bengals plus seven and a half. To me, too many points that are being used right there. But I also have the Bengals just winning straight up. So uh, either either one is really up to you. If you want to play it safe, I would just take the points. Seven and a half. You know, it should it should be four and a half. It, sh- it shouldn't be seven and a half. So It should be four or five. Um, four and a half or five, I think, would be a fair line. And, 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 and to be honest, I think it all comes down to Cincinnati struggling to score touchdowns right now. And that's why they're putting the line there. Because if Cincinnati doesn't figure it out, you're not they're beating Kansas City with field goals. They're going to get blown yeah, you're not You're not beating Kansas City with field goals. That's the biggest thing. So um, that would be my prediction for that one. In the second game, I actually have the Niners plus points in this one. Um 
kind of a little interesting pick for me because uh, we did the podcast last night. Um, I don't know. Actually, Justin might have posted that or not. Actually, I actually have to figure that out. Um, <laughs> it was but, recorded last night. In, yeah, it was recorded last <laughs> night. And, and in saying that, uh, basically all of us had Rams. So um, wow. to basically switch it up, I decided to take Niners, Niners as my pick instead of the Rams. So um, I truly do think Jimmy G shows up for this game. If, if he doesn't, then, you know, Jimmy G's gone. I think Jimmy G has to show up for this game and quiet down those Trey Lance. Hey, he's going to be the better option right now. Because if Jimmy G goes out and brings the Niners to a Super Bowl, I'm sorry, but Trey Lance is not starting next year. It just doesn't make sense. Unless they trade him. If, if they trade him, sure. But I, 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 then the Niners go from a playoff team to a bottom of that division team. So um, I don't think Trey Lance is, is as good of a quarterback right now than Jimmy G is, which is saying something. Oh, I'm not saying so, that. Seeing as Jimmy G's thrown for 140 yards in each game. So um, <clears throat> I do think it's going to come down to Matt Stafford making a mistake. I think it's going to come down to Matt Stafford throwing a pick with two minutes left. Niners go down, kick a field goal to win the game or something along those lines. Um, so it, it, to me, I got Niners, Bengals, in the Super Bowl. All right. Um, I like your pick for the Bengals plus points. I do think the Chiefs pull it out, but in a much closer yeah. game. So I'll take I'll take the plus points on that one, with the Chiefs winning it, and then in the I, I like the Rams. I, mm-hmm. I'm everything is telling me that it is the Rams season game, the Super Bowl in SoFi. They have done everything to get the team that they have right now, including trading first round picks for players. I think it just has to be the Rams coming out of that game. I could be wrong, but I'm taking the Rams, and yeah. I'll take the I'll, I'll take the points as well. I think if they come out to play, they they can blow the 49ers out of the water, no problem. Um, we're gonna take a quick break here, folks. When we come back, a little NHL for you. All that and more right after this. Hey everyone, this is Irfan Manji from Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. We are an all soccer podcast hosted by yours truly and Paige Culver. We provide news, analysis, and opinions each episode as well. You can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher and follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Cheers. We're back. Got a lot to get through. We're going to jump right into it. And Kyle, first up, we're talking some NHL hits because, man, this week has been filled with lots of big hits and lots of all-stars who are no longer playing in the all-star game because of said big hits. Drake Batherson will be unable to make it to all-star weekend after he took a, he took a nasty hit though from Aaron Dell. Yeah. Like that yeah. was a cheap shot hit. And I, this isn't the first time Dell has done this either, which makes it, that much more frustrating and yes obviously batherson just went into the boards really really awkwardly but i'm sorry you can't do this as a goalie like that's just not okay if you do that as a goalie then i i say it's free reign on the goalies they come out of the crease you can get run the hell over well no i don't know if it should be free reign i don't think you should be able to run the goalies but the goalies shouldn't be able to get in your way either no but if the goalie's making a pick sorry free reign that that's you can run through the goalie. 
If the goalie's in his crease, no, it's not. But if if the goalie if the goalie's playing behind the puck behind the net, no, it's not. But if the puck's already gone and he's staying in your way, you you, you can't do that because then there's plays like this, and now all of a sudden players are going to go right into Dell's face and get right in his face. Yeah, and it's setting a bad precedent for other goalies who don't want this to happen. That you know that all of a sudden the goalies are are the quarterbacks of the the NHL. Yeah. Right. They're super protected. You can't touch them. Doesn't matter what you do. They're they're the they're the holy spirit, I guess, of, of the NHL. You can't can't touch it. Can't can't come anywhere close to it. Yeah. It do, doesn't make sense. Well, but then you get a dirty play like this, where all of a sudden the guy, an all star, well, arguably an all star, um, he's is an now all, accepting. He's an all star this season for the Senators because the Senators yes. are awful. And now he's now he's said to Mitch. I'm pretty sure he's missing serious time too. Yeah, he's out for a while. And that's not okay. Like, listen, if you're going to come play the puck and you are going to play physical, because I think it was just last week that he tried to pull this against Mark Stone along the boards. Or no. No, no, no. It was against Nashville. Sorry. It was a different play. But he did something Mm -hmm. similar along the boards. And then a year ago or something, he did this against Mark Stone. Like, Aaron Dell clearly wants to be a defenseman, not a goalie. Because he loves throwing these hits. The problem is, is that the players aren't expecting them, right? No one's expecting yeah. the goalie to come try to run them or to no. throw a pick. So they're putting themselves in a position to get around the goalie. And then all of a sudden you're getting, for lack of a better term, blindsided. Yeah. Right? You're blindsided by the goaltender. And that's not okay because <laughs> you're you're not ready for it. You're not mentally or physically ready in the in the right spot to deal with that. If, if I'm if I'm Ottawa, I'm doing a Milan Lucic Ryan Miller 2.0. You come out and play the puck, you're getting run over. Good night. Take a seat. Right, but the problem is, how do you know? No, I'm saying like oh, in after. that game, if, oh, if Aaron if Arundel does anything like that, I'm sending my biggest guy go stand in front of the net, run the goalie over. Well, I mean they're division rivals, so they're going to play again. I'm assuming. And if Arendelle plays, good luck. There will be a 1,400 penalty minutes in that game. <laughs> All from him. Yeah. <laughs> Getting clapped by a six foot six guy. And then going after people, too, because he seems like one of those guys that if he gets run, he'll be, he'll be the first to get up and run at people. Speaking of the Sabres. Oh, 100%. Speaking of the Sabres. Their goalie situation is a lot of fun right now. With yep. Aaron Dell being suspended for three games. Uh, Michael Hauser, I believe, is the one on COVID protocols. Yep. They have four other injuries, all to middling mm-hmm. degrees. Uh, a couple of them have been practicing, but probably won't be ready for tonight. The Senator, or the Sabres, sorry, are on their seventh goaltender tonight against the Coyotes. Their seventh string goaltender tonight against the Coyotes. This is awful for the league. Like, this is not a good well, situation. And, and plus, plus they have a back to back too. <laughs> they uh, they <laughs> play they play Colorado on Sunday. So oh, um, they play Colorado. So that'll on be a Sunday? very interesting. Yeah, yeah, they play Colorado oh. on Sunday. So that'll be a very interesting game. Oh. Might be a double digit game potentially. Oh. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I don't know. Are they down the ECHL levels yet, or are they like calling they're, somebody from Europe right the, now? I don't really know. I think they're on the. 
from the beginning of the season, I think they're on the ECHL's backup backup. Yeah, so they also apparently have two goalies in the AHL, but neither of them have NHL contracts right now. Yeah, so they can't so, call them up. Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to sign him to like a, a contract <laughs> tomorrow and let they have him play Sunday <laughs> potentially. But, I mean, yeah, that's just an absolute shit show. Like, this is, this is bad, man. It's not good. And like this, the thing is, it's like it's not even like it's not even COVID that's the issue. Like, yes, yeah, so there's two people that are in COVID protocol, but like there's four other goalies that are either suspended or injured, which yeah. is just like it's just nuts. Yeah, this um, is not something you hear of in normal years. No, you don't. I I was distracted there for a second because I wanted to see the most goals in an NHL game by one team. So you're talking double digits possibly tomorrow for Colorado. So I was curious. Um, I mean, for let's say modern era, so like after the 50s, and even then, I'm not sure if that really counts as modern era, but the modern era record yeah. is 14 goals by one team. And it tied yes. for by the Leafs, and the Sabres have done it twice. Interesting. I know. I thought that was <laughs> the Sabres. Of all so they've, they've done it twice, and they might get it done to them in one night. Well, yeah. We'll see. Um, the all-time record was from 1919-1920 season. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Quebec Bulldogs 16-3. to That's gross. I don't think we That's, see that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like I mean, 10 or 11 and then maybe we might compete. No, 14, 15, 16. I don't see that happening in current NHL. I just don't see it. No, I mean, they're also saying that apparently Craig Anderson and Tukarski are both full participants in practice. So, but, I mean, but they've, they might, they've they said might that play one. They've said that all week, but they're both yeah. coming back from injuries. One of them is a concussion, I believe, and the other one is a lower body or something. So, they're been full participants because they're trying to get back in, but they might not be ready for tonight's game. Well, no, Tukarski is COVID. Oh, so he, apparently COVID? He, yeah, apparently he has COVID fog is what they're saying right now, so that's why he oh, has, he's not fully back. And Anderson was an upper body injury, so I'm not sure if that was concussion or not. I don't know if that, what they listed that for, yeah, for Anderson, but well, um, but it's one of those like so, so maybe maybe Sunday they have a regular goalie potentially. We'll see if they get cleared. Regular, but, goalie. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, but tonight's game is going to be an absolute oh, shit show. Yeah, so. they might have one of them play tonight, but I'm they might be on their seventh goal. I don't even know who their seventh goalie is. That's the worst part. They haven't named it yet. They haven't. I have no idea. I, I, I don't think they know who their seventh goalie no, is. No, they don't. Uh, quickly, two more two more little stories here, Kyle. Evander Kane signs yep. with the Oilers. Good move, bad move. Um, you think he fits in with the team? I mean, I think I think he just wants to play hockey right now. I think is what the biggest thing is. So I think is it an, is it a negative move? No, because I don't really think it has a whole lot of downside. I mean, if he doesn't play well, and you know, can't be he, much worse than more the players who are playing on the team anyway. It's it's one of those like the Oilers have a it's a no lose situation for them. They're not playing very good right now, anyways. Actually, the if last they can bring in a guy who's a previous, well, they've been okay, but like they they were on they were on like a, almost like a ten game slide basically. They like they're not the Flyers, but they're they're pretty damn close. 
Um, so it's one of those, like if, if Evander Kane comes in, he's a previous 30 goal scorer. Like if he brings anything to that team and makes them better, it's worth it. Yeah. And yes, is there, is there questions around it and things being floated around about his presence in the locker room, whatever. At a certain point, you want to win hockey games. It's simple as that. Did you and see to be the, honest, uh, oh. I don't think you can get more frustrated than Drysaddle and McDavid already were no. based on their losing streak. No, so like, no, 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 no. I don't think bringing in Evander Kane is going to make a big difference. So, Did you see the interview he did with Kayla Gray on the shift? I didn't, know. Uh, highly recommend. I actually think it is a great interview to show where Evander Kane is right now. Um, I think he's actually in a very yeah. good spot. And I think this is going to be a good move for the Oilers. Um, obviously, we won't know until we see it, but that's where I'm leaning right now. I think it's a good move at a minimum price. You don't have to, you're not paying a lot for a 30-goal score, as you said. So, yeah, it'd be good. Uh, last story quickly. Ash Barty won the Australian Open overnight. Uh, becomes the first Australian woman to win the title since 1978. She's been flying. In the WTA, um, you like that story there, Kyle? Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's, uh, I mean, a whole a hometown girl winning the Australian Open. It's just something that should happen. Like, I kind of, I kind of wish that every nationality could win their own like hometown tournament. I guess is what you could say. Um, it just makes it makes it more entertaining. And plus, she absolutely destroyed this tournament too. It's not as if she like snuck by in some matches. I'm pretty sure she didn't drop a single set. So um, I was going through her previous matches and I, I didn't see one single set that she dropped. So uh, it's just outstanding. She's the world number one and she's the world number one by a big margin too right now. So well-deserved to her for actually winning. I mean, it, it, it was an impressive run, that's for sure. Yeah, and she looked, she's looked fantastic all year and she's going to continue to look fantastic because she is on an absolute eater i guess would be the best way to put it like she's flying right now i mean yeah you you, you can say that yeah she's flying you can't really blame her because it looks like she is she's the number one for a reason and it's fun to watch the best player we just said it about the nhl it's fun to watch the best players Fun to watch the best players in tennis, too, because they're just so good at what they do. Um, All right, Kyle. It's time to wrap the show up. Tire Fire of the Week. Hit us with it. Oh, I had my Tire Fire, and I just lost it. Uh, You go with yours, and I'll I'll bring mine back up. All right, all right. Um, My Tire Fire of the Week is... I'm going to... Stalker, and I think this actually happened last week, but I'm gonna, I'm still gonna bring it up. I actually sent it to you guys in our little group chat that we have going. Um, tenth penalty in a shootout in soccer. I can't remember who the two teams are, but I believe it was in the German league. FC Köln was the the one team though. Tenth round of the shootout between Köln and Hamburger. The Köln player. Comes up, takes the shot, he scores. Yeah. Or, or, or so it seems. The ground gave way between his plant foot and the ball. And he actually kicked it off of his own foot to be a double touch. 
which means that the goal does not count, and Cone lost the shootout because of it. Now, it's a tire fire because there's no way a top division game should ever be played on a pitch that looks like that. Granted, we just watched that for Canada-Honduras because yeah. it was awful on Thursday. That pitch was pathetic. But yeah, that's a tire yeah. fire. You can't have that happening on a top light, on a top flight game. Never. No, I mean, I mean, it's you can't. The field should never play a factor into a top flight game, other than like maybe rain. No, and I could have easily gone with another soccer tire fire. By the way, um, yeah, from Afcon, no. a team had to play a defender in net because all of their other keepers were uh, out due to COVID. Dude, he played fantastic. He did. Uh, absolutely. He played great. Yeah. That should never happen. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. So, um, I guess I'll go into mine. Uh, I do remember. I do remember what mine was right now. So it's actually going back to the NFL. Um, the NFL overtime rules are my tire fire. Um, because to be honest, a game like that should not end on a single drive. No, it shouldn't be a matter of who. It shouldn't be a matter of who gets the coin flip to win that game. That game should be minimum. Should be what like NCAA rules are, where at least one team gets a possession each, and if defense makes a stop, all the power to done. Game's over. I got no problem with that. But you can't have one team win a coin flip and be like, all right, game's over. Doesn't matter because whoever won that coin flip was winning that game. That's just simple as that. It, it was it was going to come down to that because the Bills were rolling, the Chiefs were rolling. But to me, I would rather go for like three or four more possessions in that game. I don't understand why the NFL wouldn't want to do that because they would make so much more money in revenue as well. And more people would be wanting to watch those games if it's going back and forth and back and forth. Plus, it would kind of eliminate the whole tie situation in the NFL, which is just a joke as is. So... Um, maybe it's just maybe it's just playoffs that they implement the the new rule or whatever it is, but there's got to be something different because that that was in a weird way it was a disappointing end to a fantastic game it is really what it comes down to. So, I mean, my my tie fire is the NFL NFL overtime rules in that one. So, what would you do differently? Do differently? I would have the, I would do NCAA rules where each team gets a possession. You don't score on that possession, you lose. It's it's one of those like so if the Chiefs go down, score on their possession. Bills go down, don't score. It's over. But at least each team gets a possession, so that way they can continue it. Like it's it's the whole fact that you know your team doesn't win, you don't get a chance to go out on offense and score. Ruined it for me. I mean, like I I would have loved for the Bills to get the ball, go back, score a touchdown. All of a sudden, Mahomes goes back. Now it's now it's a new game. Mahomes has to go score a touchdown. Chiefs don't score, Bills have a chance to win, right? Like, like that type of thing where it's just, it's more entertaining to watch and something that people will not leave the TV to go watch, right? Sure. To be honest, you could, have, you could have watched the coin flip, see the Kansas City Chiefs were getting the ball, walked away, and you would have known who won. Yeah. Yeah. But if each team gets a possession, you can't walk away. You have to, like, watch it to visibly see who's going to win that game. Fair enough. I, I do like that idea of... Um... Of doing it that way, so uh, I think if they they need yeah. to look at it, I know CFL overtime rules are a lot better than NFL overtime rules as well. Maybe they look at the CFL yeah. overtime rules. Um, 
but I do agree with you that it's probably something that just needs to be in place for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be in place for the regular season. I mean, for the regular season, it's a different story just because of how many games go on yeah. each week and that kind of that's stuff. Playoffs, you have no excuse. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest There's thing. no reason. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. All right. Hit us with your final thought right away, dude. Final thoughts. Lots of sports to go on <laughs> this, this this week and stuff. Um, interesting situation with uh, Canada's soccer game being at the exact same time as the playoffs game. Not exactly ideal. Um, so we'll see which game might have to scroll between two TVs to, for that one. Dual screen. Um, and hear that, a little dual screen action, yeah. So um, <clears throat> definitely looking forward to the NFL, that's for sure. That's obviously my bread and butter right now is the NFL season. So looking forward to those games and, and see who goes to the Super Bowl um, and who goes to the Pro Bowl, which is like the consolation bowl, basically. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, I, I got – I got Bengals Niners as I said before, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun weekend, and that's kind of where my final thought goes too. Is that we're about to be treated to an absolutely fantastic Sunday of sports. Now, granted, it's probably between just mm-hmm. two sports, but still, I'm gonna take it. We are going to watch the conference championship games, where the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to try to play shootout and see how far they can get into this into the uh, end. The 49ers and Rams are going to play a divisional matchup, which will watch them each try to beat the crap out of a team that they know very, very well and have played twice this season already. Not to mention, we get to watch some World Cup qualifiers where Canada and the U.S. will play one of the most pivotal games in the World Cup qualifier, all within four hours of each other. We haven't had this kind of excitement, at least for you and me, Kyle, on a Canadian scale in a long time. So yes, I will be watching that game while I'm at work covering the football games. We'll also be watching the football games because it's going to be entertaining. Like this is just a good day of sports. And then we get to do it all again in a couple weeks. Like this is great. I love this. This is fantastic time. The all-star games are all can't go wrong with, you can't go wrong with this time of year, to be honest. No, the all-star games are all coming up. You count the pro bowl as an all-star game. You got the NHL all-star game coming up. The NBA all-star starters were announced by the way. We didn't even cover that by the way. Yeah, the starters have been announced. Andrew Wiggins, go Canada. Woo. All-star starter. He's had a great year, so he de- he probably deserves to be an all-star. Starter yep. is debatable, but all-star, absolutely. Um, yep. Fred Van Vliet did not get named as a starter, but most likely will make it through as the as a Raptor going to the all-star game as a as a bench player, I would assume at this point. You would think either that or Siakam, one or the other. I think Van Vliet has a better chance, but regardless, we're also, that's what I mean. We're in the all-star time. There's World Cup qualifying going on. This is fantastic. Like, you can't lose right now if you're a sports fan. You will find something that entertains you, and that's what we love about this time of year, and that's why we do what we do, because you know what? Why not? We get to watch sports all the time, and we get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add, dude? No. In- enjoy your sports and you know, have a good time. Perfect. <laughs> and the smile is just so smug. I love it. Um, 
If you are looking for us specifically, you can find us at Nick McVicker and at Kyle Vardy on Instagram and Twitter. If you're looking for us for the network, check us out at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. You can also check out our website, garagedoorsports.com, for all your informational needs. Uh, we will be back next week to wrap up, obviously, the conference championship weekend, to wrap up the World Cup qualifying rounds. We'll probably talk about the NBA All-Star rosters, because I'm assuming the rest of them will be filled out by then, won't they? I think they get announced this week. I would assume so. Um, I would assume so, yeah. Probably talk some NHL stories, probably talk some NBA stories. We got a lot to talk about. There's just too many sports right now, almost. We also yep. we didn't even mention the uh, Aussie Open final for the men's side is, is going on this weekend, too. So you can probably talk about who wins that. There's just a lot going on. Yep. Uh, make sure you tune in next week when we bring you all of those stories. Make sure you check out all of our other fun informational stuff on our YouTube channel or our Twitch channel if you want to watch the videos. We will bring you more coverage next week. Until then, have a good one.